Episode 72, Church History Part 28. In the 15th century, the Roman Catholic Christian Church are active participants in colonizing land, not theirs, enslaving black people from Africa and forcing them to deny who they are and deny their culture all to follow Christianity. Majority of the Renaissance popes of this era approved of slavery because the enslavement of non-Christians was the instrument for Christian conversions, so they claim. Through European leaders and popes, the Portuguese and Spanish explorers like Christopher Columbus were able to fund their expeditions of stealing land and kidnapping black people and forcing them into Christianity and into chattel slavery. John Cabot, an Italian explorer, claimed land in Canada for the King of England and recognized the religious tradition of the Roman Catholic Christian Church and was given two years' pay as an award. In the New World, enslavement was about non-Christians, but more importantly, about non-Europeans. KingdomPreppers.org states that anti-black bias against slaves, the descendants of ancient Israelites taken from sub-Saharan Africa, would be shared by all the colonizing European nations. Not only would those slaves be forced to work on plantations throughout Central and South America and the Caribbean, they would also be forced to accept and practice Catholicism. This policy was enacted via the issuance of the papal bulls by Pope Alexander VI, who in addition to conferring upon Portugal the Padre Odo Real in West Africa, also conferred upon Spain the similar Patronato Real in the East Indies for the same reason, to grant the Spanish monarchy the power and right to establish and oversee a new branch of the Catholic Church in the New World. The Spanish were thereafter afforded the unquestioned right to build churches, appoint their clergy, collect funds, and apply their own ecclesiastical laws as they saw fit. This power, of course, encompassed slavery in the New World, and the Spanish monarchs sought to enforce the evangelization of slaves. Toward the end of the 15th century, Martin Luther was born in Europe, specifically Germany, and by the 16th century, he was standing against the papacy's immorality, corruption, and rebellion of the Roman Catholic laws. He was a German Augustinian monk, priest, and professor of theology who was heavily influenced by the church father Augustine of Hippo. Martin claimed in 1505 AD that he was struck by lightning while returning to university. He cried out to the mother of Mary and she saved him from death and he told her he would become a monk. Well, that's what he told his father. So he left the university and entered St. Augustine's monastery and received a spiritual formation to focus on the great father Augustine of Hippo. But why not the Torah or the Old Testament prophets or focus on the teachings of Isaiah? Martin Luther was ordained a priest in 1507 AD. Biography.com states, Luther was also driven by fears of hell and God's wrath and felt that life in a monastery would help him find salvation. The first few years of monastic life were difficult for Luther as he did not find the religious enlightenment he was seeking. He was discouraged by the immorality and corruption of the papacy, so he returned to the university in Germany and received his doctorate, becoming a professor of theology at the University of Wittenberg. And through his study of scripture, he gained religious enlightenment and viewed penance and righteousness by the Catholic Church in a new way. 
He lectured on the Psalms and on the books of Paul like Hebrews, Romans, and Galatians. During this time, the papacy was heavily into selling indulgences to build churches and raise money. Indulgences is the church's way of reducing the punishment for sin. Thus, the recipient of an indulgent had to perform an act to receive it. What? Only Isaiah's blood can remit sin. Pope Leo X, the one who confirmed the bulls of slavery, gave indulgences to those who gave money for the reconstruction of the St. Peter's Basilica. People were giving money to him to absorb punishment for their sins. Estimates totaled $10 million a year. John Tetzel, a Dominican fry, was sent to Germany to sell indulgences to raise money for the St. Peter's Basilica. He was telling people they could skip purgatory after death, and this was an indulgence. John Tetzel was quoted as saying, as soon as the gold in the casket rings, the rescued soul to heaven springs. What? There's no purgatory. And how could he make a promise like that? But again, it was all about the money and the building of their mega churches. Pope Leo X was quoted as saying the following, How profitable that fable of Christ has been to us and our company. Wow, isn't that something that he would say this out loud or in writing? And today, many Christian pastors and leaders can say the exact same thing. Pretty scary. Nevertheless, Pope Leo made the capital of Christendom, Rome, a center of European culture. And with all that money, they tricked people into giving? I'm sure he did. On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther was angry with Pope Leo X for his new round of indulgences to help build St. Peter's Basilica. So he nailed a sheet of paper with his 95 thesis on the University of Wittenberg's chapel door. Though Luther intended these to be discussion points, the 95 Thesis laid out a devastating critique of the indulgences, which often involved monetary donations that popes could grant to the people to cancel out penance for sins as corrupting people's faith. Per biography.com, Martin Luther objected to these indulgences of being able to remove the punishment and guilt of sin. He objected to John's indulgences of allowing people to skip purgatory because forgiveness was God's alone to grant. He stated that that Jesus Christ, our God and Lord, died for our sins and was raised again for our justification, Romans 3. All have sinned and are justified freely without their own works and merits by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus in his blood, Romans 3. Martin Luther's stance would be known as the Protestant Reformation, but Pope Leo X issued a papal bull of 1520 AD to condemn Martin's teachings and he was later excommunicated in 1521 at the Edict of Worms. The Edict banned Luther and his followers from the Roman Catholic Christian Church. However, the printing press allowed Martin's message to spread quickly. Thus, the Germans agreed with Martin Luther and supported him and his theology. Nobles, dukes, and princes joined the Protestant movement. Honestly, anything was better than what they had. 
Luther had continued the torch of change started by Wycliffe and other reformers. KenyanPreppers.org states, Among his first reforms was getting rid of the office of bishop, for which he saw no basis in scripture. And after being exhorted by Luther, a large number of ministers in Saxony and surrounding regions stopped being celibate. A spate of marriages between the monks and the nuns occurred at this time. Luther himself, living up to his own words, took a wife as well. He married a former nun named Catherine von Borat. Luther and his wife had six children and through his wife's investing she helped increase the wealth of their family. Luther's influence would spread far and wide, largely through the dissemination of his literature. Will Durant in the Reformation states, He was the first to make it an engine of propaganda and war. There were no newspapers yet, nor magazines. Battles were fought with books, pamphlets, and private letters intended for publication. Under the stimulus of Luther's revolt, the number of books printed in Germany rose from 150 in 1518 AD to 990 in 1524 AD. Four-fifths of these favored the Reformation. Books defending orthodoxy were hard to sell, while Luther's was the most widely purchased of the age. They were sold not only in bookstores, but by peddlers and traveling students. 1,400 copies were bought at one Frankfurt fair. Even in Paris in 1520, they outsold everything else. As early as 1519 AD, they were exported to France, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, and England. Luther's books were everywhere and in every language, wrote Erasmus in 1521. No one would believe how widely he had moved men. The literary fertility of the reformers transferred the preponderance of publications from southern to northern Europe, where it has remained ever since. Printing was the Reformation. Guttenberg's printing press made Luther possible. From 1525 to 1529, Martin Luther began forming his own church. He started a new form of worship service and wrote the new faith in the form of two catechisms per Stephen Schroeder in his essay, Between Freedom and Necessity. To avoid confusing or upsetting the people, Luther avoided extreme change. He also did not wish to replace one controlling system with another. He concentrated on the church in the electorate of Saxony, acting only as an advisor to the churches in new territories, many of which followed his Saxon model. He worked closely with the new elector, John the Steadfast, to whom he turned for secular leadership and funds on behalf of the church. They had large assets and income after the separation from Rome. Luther also wrote and published a German mass. He even translated the New Testament from Greek to German, making it more accessible to the German culture. Historians note that his translation fostered the development of standard version of the German language and added several principles to the art of translation. He even influenced the translation of the King James Bible into English. Luther published his German translation of the New Testament in 1522 AD and completed the translation of the Old Testament in 1534 AD. Again, we see European men with a Roman upbringing translating scripture. Martin Luther was the author of many hymns as well. Martin Luther believed all humans are sinners by nature, but through God's grace, which cannot be earned, alone can make them just or is justified. Martin defined grace as the nature of God 
God's favor and blessing bestowed upon undeserving human beings. But we learned that justification is the teaching of Paul and not Isaiah. The grace that Isaiah gave in the New Testament is defined as repentance, meaning to be delivered from sin, to not do it anymore. Matthew 4, 17. From the time Isaiah began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isaiah did not preach grace as favor, but he preached repentance. Through the blood of Isaiah, we all can live free from sin. And it was never about I can sin because grace is there to cover me. Isaiah's grace is having power through his blood and sacrifice to live a life delivered from sin. And what we know is that Martin Luther's grace message would shape the doctrine of all Protestant Christian churches that came from his movement from then until now. The Christian churches of today still teach Martin Luther's grace message that he learned from the writings of Apostle Paul and not from the teachings of Isaiah. In regards to peasants, who were the lowest ranking members of society, Luther believed in not making them equal members of society and was quoted saying, that would make all men equal and that is impossible. What? Lastly, Martin Luther said that slaves can be Christian, but he did not condemn slavery within society. KingdomPreppers.org states, After a time, Lutheranism became the state religion throughout much of the empire and spread from Germany to Scandinavia. Along with Luther, other reformers began starting their movement and churches against the Roman Catholic Christian Church, like Ulrich Swingley in Switzerland and the Anabaptist. Ulrich was born in Switzerland under the Roman Empire. Ulrich was a very powerful and persuasive preacher that believed all preaching is to be based on on scripture. Uric and the Swiss Confederation agreed that Uric's preaching was scriptural and any disputed religious issues were to be decided on the basis of scripture. Thus, they were able to abolish the old Catholic religion and idols, allowing them to freely start their own movement in Switzerland. So the followers of Uric began to attack the Catholic churches and destroyed their artwork, ceremonial items, but confiscated the jewels, the gold, and the silver. From the Uric Swiss movement were a few young men who disagreed with what they were doing and had a problem with the standard European custom of infant baptism. So they started their own movement called Anabaptists, which focused on baptism. Their enemies called them Anabaptists because they chose to be baptized again as adults when they confessed their faith. However, the Anabaptists called themselves just Baptists. And yes, they converted many people into the movement and baptized them. John Mathis, a baker from the Netherlands, became a charismatic Anabaptist leader by prophesying, I mean, prophesying to people and as a result, thousands of converts were baptized. Mathis and followers of Anabaptists were radicals and disagreed with infant baptism and tithing. Historians believe the Ulrich movement became the Anabaptist movement. KingdomPreppers.org states, Like all Protestants, the Anabaptists arrived at their beliefs and convictions through their personal study of Scripture. Luther and other leading reformers had taught that believers had the right to search the Scriptures for themselves. And so the Anabaptists did that, but they failed to find evidence for the existence of a church and state alliance or for the justification for Christendom itself. 
And while Luther preached about believers having personal spiritual experiences, the Lutheran denomination was not a far cry from Catholicism. They were an established institution with a clerical hierarchy of ordained men. More than that, the clergy as well as Lutheran princes considered the citizenry of entire territory members of the Lutheran church. Salaries and protection were also provided to the Lutheran by the state. Protestantism in an official capacity differed little from the mother church. It sought to reform and from which it had split Wycliffe, Martin Luther, Ulrich Swingley, John Mathis, and other reformers from the Roman Catholic Christian Church began the reformation of the Catholic Christian Church to form the Protestant movement. These men, all born and raised in Europe and were a part of the Roman Catholic Christian Church, and even though they left Christian Catholicism, they still formed their own version of it with men leading the masses through stealing and acquiring land, building churches, converting the masses to their beliefs, collecting tithes and offerings, becoming wealthy, and benefiting from slavery. Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Matthew 7:13 through 16. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth into life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Are the fruits righteous living or wealth and prosperity? There is a difference. Matthew 16 and 6. Then Isaiah said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven, the false doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or come it here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Sets me free. Please see my podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.